Hey, podcast listeners, Patrick here. Tickets for BroadwayCon 2017 presented by Mischief Management and Playbill are now on sale. You can find information and tickets at broadwaycon.com. A little bit of news, you guys. BroadwayCon is looking for programming suggestions from you. That's right, you. Do you have an idea for a panel you'd like to see or even moderate? Do you want to host a fabulous sing-along? Or maybe you've thought of something completely outside the box. You probably have. If so, we want you to tell us about it. Head on over to broadwaycon.com submissions and drop us a line. We are waiting to hear from you. Okay, now to the show. I know a place where you belong. Come follow me and join the song. Welcome to BroadwayCon! The podcast. The show for the theater kid in all of us. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. I think one of the things I love most about BroadwayCon is that it really does offer the complete fan experience from every angle. It's not just a line they say. So like as much as we all love our big Broadway stars, BroadwayCon goes out of its way to shine a light on all aspects of the Broadway community. For BroadwayCon 2016, I was really honored to have been asked to be on a panel of people who are part of the Broadway community in ways other than being involved in the production of a Broadway show. And so that's the kind of panel I've put together for this episode of BroadwayCon, the podcast. We'll be spending the next half hour or so chatting with podcaster Mo Brady, vlogger Tyler Mount, and Matt Roden, an all-around entrepreneur. And that's a play on the word entrepreneur, in case my diction isn't clear. These guys have fascinating stories about who they are and what they do and why they do it and who they've met along the way. So this conversation is completely worth listening to just on those merits. But if you're like us, and you always knew that you wanted to be a part of this incredible Broadway community, but you're not an actor or a director or a stage manager, I'd like you to pay extra close attention to this episode. And without getting all mushy about it, I want you to hear me say that there is a place for you here, and we're just waiting for you to find it. We'll end today's episode with a quick excerpt of an interview I recently did with Will Chase and Rob McClure, who are currently starring in the fantastic Broadway musical Something Rotten. Okay. Here we go, episode three. Welcome to BroadwayCon the podcast, you guys. Hi. Tyler yeah, Mount, Mo Brady, Matt Roden. Hi. So my my first thing was I wanted each of you to sort of introduce your thing that you do in sixty seconds or less. Tyler Mount, go. Oh my god, I'm nervous. Um, my name is Tyler. I have the Tyler Mount vlog, which is um your best place to cuddle, giggle, and gossip with Broadway's biggest stars twice a week. I literally just dance, play games, and drink margaritas with some of Broadway's best talent. And that's literally my entire life. I love it. Morgan Brady. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mo Brady. I'm co-host and creator of the Ensemblist podcast, which highlights Broadway ensemble members um, through different aspects of what it means to be a Broadway ensemble member. And we've been doing the podcast for four years. They come out every week. Uh, we're in a hiatus right now, and we're starting a season in September about the history of the Ensemblist. Amazing. Matt Roden. So exciting. Um, I'm a content creator, which just means that I make a bunch of shit. So I do, I host red carpets for Playbill sometimes. Um, I created Broadway with my friend Reed, which turned into something much bigger than I think either of us really ever anticipated. And uh, yeah, just like making stuff, you know, that's Love related it. to Broadway. I was looking at your website today and you have this really cool video that hi- highlights that quote from Ira Glass about yeah. how like, I'm going to get it all wrong now, but the idea that like you, you have to just make a bunch of stuff and that your taste is going to be the thing that holds you back. Can you explain that the quote? Cause it's a great quote. Yeah. So it's it, the, the video is actually a really funny story that like I was, my friend Alexis was in town and I said, I, we need to make something like she's a really creative person. I was like, let's make something together. She's like, well, what about this quote? And I was like, great. And the quote essentially says that like 
for creators, it's really hard to make things a lot of the time because our taste is so good. So like we have really high standards for ourselves. And so when we make things, it, a lot of times we don't even make it because we're afraid it's not going to be up to the level that we want it to be. And it's getting past that and it's pushing past that and just saying, I'm going to do it and do it, do it. And accept the fact that like, I'm going to be a beginner for a while. Like I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to suck and it's going to get better and better and better as I go. But just allowing yourself to be a beginner and just knowing that like your taste is good. What is There's that part of the quote that says like your, t- like, your taste is why your work disappoints you. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 So I, 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 that quote is like prevalent in my brain, which is why it's on the front page of my website, because that's like, I have to remind myself that all the time. But so Mo, I wanted to kind of start with you because you're the one of us who's been actually in a Broadway show. True. So, I was in The Addams Family all of 2011. So you sort of made the decision, I don't know if it was after you started The Ensemblist, but why did you sort of make the decision to put acting, to stop doing that and to, and and then why did you start to do the ensemblist and, and like what like what why? Well, it wasn't a black and white thing. It wasn't like I closed the door to performing and then started working on the podcast right afterwards. Being in the Adams family really was um, the inspiration for starting the podcast. Seeing all of these really talented ensemble members around me who I'd always looked up to because I was that theater kid that was looking at the original cast album and seeing like, oh, Jennifer Cody, she's in this and she's also in this or Charlie Sutton is in this and then he's in that. So that's always where I got excited. So to be in an ensemble with all these really talented people and to really not be seeing anything about them. Uh, that was really one of the um, inspirations for starting the podcast. Um, I love it. Tyler, you invite like big Broadway stars to your house. And my favorite thing about you is that it, you're kind of like me in that. Like you do all of your interviews in person. It has to be on your terms, in your house, on your couch. Right. What made you decide that, that like what made you come up with this idea and what made you decide that like that was going to be your thing? It was actually a complete accident. I, th- I think I've actually told you this before. I literally, one of my really good friends was coming into the city and I was like, I'm going to do a vlog today. So I overnight shipped the worst camera from Amazon.com that money couldn't buy. Um, and one light and we recorded something that was terrible um just like you said that literally was awful it was oh it's still on the internet but it's embarrassing i'm with you it's embarrassingly (laughs) early stuff i didn't have a tripod so i put it on top of a humidifier box on top of a chair like it was as as ghetto as possibly could be um but i recorded it we ended up deciding to edit it we thought we were funny and then we put it on youtube and it got so it got like 500 hits that night and then i started to do it just my friends at the same time, I was doing On Your Feet with Gloria Estefan. And what were you doing on that show? Um, I was one of the production assistant stage managers, and I did right. it for like two years with the company. Um, and I, side note, we went to Chicago with the production. We came back, and I was stage managing a concert with Gloria. And I walked into her dressing room, and she was like, I heard you have a vlog. Can I come on it? And I said, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm Tyler Mount, and you're tuned in to the Tyler Mount Vlog. This intro has to be incredible. Gloria Estefan is coming to my house. So literally the next week, her and her entourage came over to my house. She shot for like two hours at my house. We drank a bottle of wine each. We are going to play a good old fashioned game. Oh no. Of truth or dare. Oh lord. <laughs> and the rest is history. It's it's kind of culminated to what it is today with some of Broadway's greatest stars. You and I were both at a thing. I can't remember what, what it was, but it was some red carpet that we were both like... Uh, you mm, were actually, drama leagues. Yeah, here. you were doing something real, and I was live <laughs> tweeting from my like 55-year-old iPhone. I'm so excited because I'm coming to you from the red carpet at the 
82nd Annual Drama League Awards. Um, but you, I remember, because I was just thinking about, like, which one is, like, tinier and more adorable, you or Andrew Keenan Bolger. And I can't I can't decide. I won't be made to choose. I remember you were doing Truth or Dare, and you made him, he said dare, like an yeah, idiot. Yeah, he was stupid. And you made him run into the middle of the red carpet. It was like Lupita Nyong'o was, like, yes. getting her picture taken, and he jumped in front of her and screamed, I'm a star. No, nope. I'm famous. He said, take my photo, I'm more famous. I love it. <laughs> in front of Lupita. I love it. I need you to go into the middle of the press line right now and say, I'm famous, take my photo. Andrew Keenan, you killed it. He was mortified. <laughs> I said, you're th- he was one of three people that entire day that said dare, and I had to make a count. So. <laughs> Matt, Broadway. Yes. So if anybody hasn't watched this, it, it is it is the f- it is so funny. Can you explain what it is? And the first one you did was about the Tony nomination. Yes. And will you just talk a little bit about the, putting that together? Yeah. So I, you know, like I said, really big into just like making stuff. And I've had, you know, lists and lists and lists of journals and of ideas. And one of the ideas that popped into my head one night when I was very sober was <laughs> um, this, t- the name Broadway. That was the, the thing that popped into my brain. And I texted my friend Reed. It was a Thursday night. And I said, what are you doing tomorrow? And he said, nothing. And I said, you want to come over? and shoot a sketch and he said sure I said he said what is it and I said Broadway and he was like I'm in because I think he knew right away kind of like the vibe of the thing yeah. what's up dude Sorry. morning morning do this Good morning, everyone, uh, and welcome to the 2016 Tony Award nominations. So we came over and we just kind of started filming and improvising, you know, one camera, one angle on the couch. It was the Tony nominations, which like, <laughs> out of, it wasn't even like the awards, like it was the nominations. But what we did was we sort of took this idea that like, the approach was if bros were really into Broadway. So, like, if Fraternity Brothers talked Cindy about Broadway Arrivo. like they talked Wonderful. about the football draft. Oh, my God. Can we talk about that category for a second? Yes. I mean, right off the bat, Cynthia Arrivo, who is jacked. Dude, never misses arm day. Never misses arm day. Wait, Carmen Cusack? Oh, yeah. Like, C-squared? Unreal. Chords? For days. For days. Days. What about Jesse Mueller, oh. dude? She's got a Tony. Tony has a Tony. She's like, I'm good. I've been here. I got it. Where are you at? Philip a suit? Oh. She, she doesn't even act. She doesn't act. No, she, she is a wise Hamilton. She be Eliza Hamilton. She be her. She just be. But don't even get me started on Laura Bonanti. My, my girl. girl. My girl. My girl. My girl. She's a perfect woman. Well, I mean, funny. Hot. And initially, I thought the audience for the thing was going to be bros. Would be co- like I, I submitted it to Total Fraternity Move. Like I wanted college kids, like bros, to see it. And it went the 180 direction where it was like Broadway fans were just like, this is me. This is us. This is how we talk. And I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> because that's what it is, right? It connects with that thing yeah. that's like people being like, oh, that, yeah, I get crazy excited about that. That's how I feel inside. Or that's how I talk to my friends about Broadway shows. How did So then Cynthia Revo came and did like the, the second one that you guys did. Yeah, so we did one for the Tonys too, which not that many people saw, which that is the, that's the whole thing. So we did Tony nominations. We did the Tony awards because we're like, we need to keep doing this. And then... We decided we wanted to turn it into like more of a series and we didn't know who we wanted to get. We wanted to kick it off big and um, Cynthia was really game. She actually volunteered. She asked to do it and Reed and I were like, meh, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were like, we're busy. We're like, we're packed. No, no, no. We were like, yeah, of course. And she, and you know, we explained to her that it was going to be not her. We wanted her to play a bro and she was so down. How many times have you seen it again? Twice, bro. Only once for me, bro. I've seen it three times. What? Balcony. 
box orchestra. You saw orchestra. Oh my god, she spat in my face. At the end of the script, like the last page at the bottom, it says Cynthia sings the last three, like the last eight bars of I'm Here, and then like blackout. And I, we handed her the script, you know, when she walked in, and we were like, okay, so just like read through the thing. She's like, it's great. And we're like, no, just like keep reading. She's like, keep reading. <laughs> and she read, and I was like, so if you don't want to do it, she's like, I'll do it. <laughs> It's like, okay, she did it four times. It is otherworldly that they're able to achieve such incredible things with such ease. And like, they could just break it out. Yeah, like, like just open their mouths and just like, break it out. Just like, switch, like, and, and, he, You know, it's funny. We talked about how, like, we don't, you know, we, you don't, you don't do this stuff for money. You know, absolutely not. And it's, but it's exciting to get to be a part of, like, to get to just to do stuff with people. So I want to know, like, what do you guys get out of it? You know, like, what, what is it like when at the end of the day, when you're done, Mo, when you're done editing an episode, or you've done like a really great interview, like, do you ever have a moment where you're like, oh, that's why I do it? Well, it's a creative outlet. I think, I think we would all call ourselves artists. Yep. Um, and artists in the Broadway community, while we aren't singing and dancing, we are creative forces who want to have that itch scratched. So being able to create content yeah. that um, comes from our own point of view, uh, that is challenging, is, that um, you know says who we are to the world, I think is really gratifying. Yeah. Tyler Mount? Um, I, I, I do it for that exact reason too, but like I also specifically do a like video series because I remember being an only child in seventh grade coming home from school not having that many friends and sitting in my sitting in my room and watching Adina Menzel at the Tonys and being like I want to do that yep I, just, I was like 700 when that was happening. you were like <laughs> 753 record, yeah. um I just I just remember that and I do my vlog as a like not only because it fulfills me creatively obviously but also because I know that there are 12 year olds in Idaho watching this and I may be one of the few sources that they get exposed to the same thing that changed my life yeah if that makes sense totally I went to school to be an actor like Uh I went to school for musical theater and I so that was like my coming into the city that's what I wanted to do and the first job I got was working at 54 below as an intern and I'd work in the office slash watch Netflix during the day (laughs) and at night I was the assistant to whoever was performing and it was the first thing I did when I got to the city and it like implanted me into the community no one knew who I was you know no one cared I was the intern like getting coffee and Mm -hmm. there's plenty of people I've met now that have been like hey remember when I met you like at 54 below and I had really long hair and I looked horrible and they're like oh my god that was you (laughs) but it's that thing where I I was a part of it and I was in it and I was like I want to be in this I want to be a part of this I want to be a part of this community and I saw that it wasn't necessarily like hard to break in like it wasn't something that like it growing up and I'm sure you feel the same way you both feel the same way that like it was sort of this intangible thing right right that like on YouTube like you see the the Tony performances and you see the interviews and you see like I watched Richie Ridge growing up and like it felt like this sort of thing that was out of my reach and as I went through college, it felt less and less and less. But still, I got to the city and I was auditioning. And you go in rooms for, you know, two and a half minutes, maybe. Yeah. And you hope that someone gives you an opportunity to do the thing you know you're good enough to do and subsequently puts you in a place to be a part of the community that you've always wanted to be a part of. Yeah. And I realized very quickly that, like, I didn't need necessarily to do a show. You know, I'm still auditioning. I'm still doing that stuff. I'd love to perform. But... I wanted to be a part of the community. I wanted to, that, that's what I've always wanted was just to be in it. Yeah. And the fact that I was able to kind of figure out a way to like push through and break in, I feel really lucky because it's been 
fun and it's been exciting and you know it's been about a year since I started doing this stuff like I said and now like I know you guys yeah. you know what I mean totally. like to yeah. me that's I'm the, sorry like <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really it's really really gratifying and it's really wonderful and again it's it's the creative thing too it's like we are artists right we are at least as an actor I feel like an artist and I'm like I just want to be creative which is why like Broadway happened which is why the Playbill stuff is like is a little bit off center because it's just I, I push like yeah. pushing myself to be more creative pushing myself to learn new skills and also like meeting people in the community just you know creating relationships because that's really what it's right. about right it's about forming true authentic deep relationships with people because the surface stuff is fine and like it's nice to be able to like say hi to somebody in an event and be like hey how are you kisses kisses mm -hmm. but like to actually have a conversation with someone and be like what's going on how's work like you know that stuff like you, you it, it feels real yeah and then all of a sudden I look back at my like 13 year old stuff and I'm like you're doing it you're doing <laughs> totally, it totally. look who you're t you're talking to Andrew Lloyd Webber you just made him meow like are you <laughs> like it's crazy it's yeah. a little crazy yeah yeah and I, I wanted to have I wanted to continue that conversation a little bit because it is you know I think a lot of people who do listen to podcasts like this are people like so this is BroadwayCon the podcast and people come in from all over the world for BroadwayCon you know young people old people whatever but I think that these are people a lot of them are people who are are going to come to New York at some point and are going to try to find their way into this community. And I think it's important for them to know that, like, it's a very welcoming community. And so, yeah. you know, Tyler and Mo, wh how, what do you say to those kids? Like, what what can what can they... Let's say there's are kids out there who are either actors or not, but they want to come to New York and be a part of the community. What can they do to prepare themselves to come and, and get involved? I mean, I, I so f wholeheartedly agree with exactly what Matt just said. It's it's the concept of as someone who is out, not in New York City, just I just can remember like a deep yearning and like wanting so terribly bad to be a part of the Broadway community. Um, my advice is literally to just come and do it because it is not as unreachable and intangible as young people, even myself included, have previously thought it is i would say come here do good work keep keep working create your own content like we're doing um and as long as you're dedicated and as long as you reach out to the community itself i feel like i feel like you can't really go wrong i the one thing i want to add to that is i think it's really important to give i think it's really important that yeah. a lot of what happens is you get a lot of you know people coming to new york and fans and whatever and they're asking for things right they're asking for autographs they're asking for um, to meet you they're whatever they're you know and it's a lot of this asking and if you switch it around and you make it about giving where like you look at the fan art that some of the people have done for people in Hamilton right and they really appreciate it like yeah, it, yeah. like the mail you get like it you really appreciate that yeah. kind of stuff because it's someone like making an effort to give you something and that I think people really 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 respond to that yeah absolutely Morgan anything to add I, it, I think it's also about having a voice and figuring out what you can contribute to the conversation. I mean, I'll just sort of go in chronological order. The ensemblist came out of a place of feeling like I wasn't seeing the ensemble members' um, stories being told. Uh, your podcast, Patrick, theater people came out of there wasn't a long form podcast with these Broadway stars. There wasn't a vlog like Tyler was creating. There wasn't this comedy sketch Broadway kind of off center stuff that Matt's creating. Like it. Find your niche and mm -hmm. find your voice. And if you're creating something unique, there will be room for it. There's room for everybody. Yeah. Come on in, guys. Not in this room because it's super this room, no. It's really small. <laughs> it's getting kind of hot. Okay, so to, to change subjects drastically, I want to hear everybody's favorite show. Starting with Tyler. Um, of are we talking about like right now of all time? Um, 
I, let's say both. Okay, I have two very clear answers. Um, I <laughs> wow, <laughs> I am ready. ready I said that. This. I was like, I know, I know answers to both of these questions. Um, <laughs> right now, currently on Broadway, I although like every twelve year old girl is going to come into the small room and kill me, it isn't Hamilton. I love Hamilton. Hamilton's I'm bomb.com. I love Hamilton. Full disclosure, <laughs> please don't come kill me. Um, but it's the color purple. The color purple affected me so so viscerally like no other piece of theater has done. I, I was moved to tears during Hamilton, but there was something about the color purple that, I mean, that's something being Cynthia Revo, but like, <laughs> like, like there was something that was so moving about the color purple that when I'm, I remember sitting in that audience being like, this is why I do what I do. Like, right. this is so moving in a way that, in my opinion, other art forms aren't as moving to me personally. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. But the the show that, made Tyler a fangirl was wicked. Like, Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. I remember seeing it on tour in Houston and having no clue about Broadway, having no clue about Wicked. And when Alphaba flew, I was like, Queens, I'm coming. Yeah, Broadway, here I, I come. Can't. And I would, I, I literally would, literally, it did. I would go oh, home no. every single day in seventh grade. I'm with you. And lock my door yep. and sing Defying Gravity on karaoke standing on a chair in my room. Like, yep. I have zero shame. Like, that is, that is why so I am much. who I am. So, I wicked. love you so much. Mo Brady. Um, I'm gonna answer two different questions. Uh, I think the most well-made show is Hairspray. I think from oh, opening yeah. to closing, oh, yeah. Hairspray is a perfect show. Yep. It's funny, it's poignant. Um, and Jen Tepper will tell you that it hit it hit Broadway at like exactly the right moment. Oh, sure, completely. We've had some people on our podcast that talk about just like how crazy that year was. I mean, now you look at Hamilton, and I don't think it's quite that crazy, but the kind of opportunities that that cast had to that cast tell that, so that, that crazy cast story. was yeah. amazing. Yeah, and the cast was fantastic as well. Um, but the show that hit me since I moved to New York was American Idiot. It's not oh, a perfect yeah. show. I love that show. Um, but it was the most amazing theater experience I've had since I moved to the city. I just there was so much going on on that stage and so much creativity and so much talent that I, 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 I saw it three times and I still would love to see it again to see what I missed. Yeah. Matthew Roden? Oh my God. Um, I, oh man. My favorite show right now, okay, well, here's what I'll say. I was a super big fan of Bright Star. That's the one. That oh I will my say god! Well. Oh my god! I loved it. You're so the one. Much. No, <laughs> Alex oh, no, but you know, no, but no, and you. I'll yeah, tell you. I'll I was tell you. really. So the reason why I was such a big fan, Color Purple, right now is my favorite thing. It's open right now. Again, um, really, just visceral. I've seen it four times. Like can't stop. Like it's you have literally good taste. It's church really good for taste. me. It's yeah. It is so good. It's church. Why do you guys have time to see all these shows? We are busy on Broadway, Mo Brady. <laughs> you have a baby. So I, have a, I do not. You have a baby. You have a baby. It's true. It's true. Um, no, but the reason why Bright Star really connected with me was because first of all, I love that kind of music. I'm really mm-hmm. into that that sort of folk country style, bluegrass, and um, I think it to me was a perfect demonstration of what we need right now on Broadway. We're seeing the envelope pushed with shows like Hamilton and Bright Star. You know, like uh there what was the other one that came and went really, really quickly? That there was another Oh one. American Psycho? Psycho? Which oh I yeah, love. Psycho. Psycho. Where yeah. it's again a whole other genre of music being incorporated into a show. And listen, like there's a lot of readings and workshops going on right now that are all this like pop EDM electronic music. That kind of stuff, these like new innovative ideas they're coming and like I, to yeah. me it's really exciting and then my favorite show of all time oh my god um, man guilty pleasure show is Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dream <laughs> Correct. Um, yes. thank you but my yeah. favorite show of all time the reason why I'm still the reason why I'm here is because of once oh wow um, it's because I came to New York City I was a sophomore in college I was about to leave school and I came to the city and I saw once by myself 
Wow. And I sat there and just wept. Because did you see Steve Kazee or Paul Nolan? I did. I saw Steve. And I, um, yeah, I like get emotional thinking about it because it was one of those things that I was like, oh my God, there's a place for me. Oh my God, there is something here for me. There's something I can do. Um, I don't know. It was just like seeing, like having the musicians playing on stage, like it all just kind of came together in a way that I had never, ever seen before. And I, I yeah, and I messaged Steve because he on Facebook and thanked him and, you know, all that stuff. And he messaged me back. They do that, you guys. Which is, you know, a lot of the time. They do because, and if they don't, then like, fine. But if they yeah. do, like, that's something that stayed with me m- my whole life. Like, that's something that really has like, I was like, oh my God, you know, that took him two minutes of his time, but it had such a big effect on me. All right, one minute or less, what do we got coming up, Tyler Mount? Oh, what do we have coming up? Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Why am I the first person? <laughs> um, I'm actually wrapping up season three of the vlog. I'm like eight episodes ahead. I'm going to Portugal for the entire month of September. Casual. Wow, goodbye. Um, farewell. <laughs> um, and I have some great, great guests coming up. You won't really see a break in production, but I'm leaving for September. But. Bye. Bye. Mo Brady, you've got like your your stuff is really exciting. We're, we're and don't doing please it. don't leave out Nika's um, big news. Yes. Oh, my co collaborator Nika Graf Lanzaroni. She is doing the. Uh, new group's production of Sweet Charity uh, directed by Lee Silverman and starring Sutton Foster so that's great it's like a reimagining of it so I can tell the ensemble is super tiny um, and it's being choreographed by Josh Bergoss so it's going to be out of that sort of Fosse realm that we've always seen that show in I think I'm I'm just going to say that um so that's awesome. At the same time, the ensemblist, uh, we took our first break this summer, which is amazing. I'll say that as someone who wants to create things, like go and create things and then go and fulfill yourself in yeah. other ways oh, and don't feel like you have to create all the time. But we are doing something new for the podcast. Um, this fall, we're looking at the history of the ensemblist. And the way that we're doing that is we're looking at the nine Pulitzer Prize winning musicals and looking at how the role of the ensemble has changed and how the experience of being in the ensemble has changed. So starting with of the icing in 1931 all the way to Hamilton. And so all of our guests this season... So cool. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, Super nerdy. (laughs) I'm like, I'm Um, all about it. I love it. When does it air? Uh, September 4th. Oh my gosh, Um, be there. uh, Yeah, theensemblist.com. But uh, we have great guests. It's like Mara Davi, Adam Chandler Barrett, Michael McElroy, Michael Barras, and Jen Tepper is kind of our like historian through line. Oh my God, she is just incredible. Yeah, check out the podcast. Um, I think it's really cool, and I'm really excited that we're doing something a little different. Yes, Mo Brady, Matthew Roden, um, more red carpets, of course, from yes. for you know opening nights, and that's always a blast and fun. And we'll see what happens this year. The season should be very interesting. More Broadway is coming, which is really exciting. Can like you announce any of any of the guests? Um, I can tell you that I. Mm, <laughs> I, it's hard for you to say, but I we are we are shooting with Darren Chris at the end of the month, wow. which will be great. Um, and promotion for Elsie Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a chance that you might see some bros at Elsie Fest. Wow, as well. Um, and then Broadway Game Night. That has now that's become a new thing that that is now developing into something. I think will happen a lot more, whether it's monthly or bi monthly or every six weeks. Who knows? But um, I think that will continue to grow, and and I will always be putting out new stuff there's plenty of stuff in like the back burner that are you know sparklings of ideas that hopefully will come to fruition at yeah. some point soon in the next year awesome all right we'll see you guys at BroadwayCon. Yes. i don't want to see, see any Con. of you before january 27th no too much we'll be there <laughs> bye bye, bye. Ugh, i love those guys 
All right, so I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Rob McClure and Will Chase, who are currently starring in the hit Broadway show Something Rotten. Apropos of nothing, really, I wanted to share this little excerpt of them talking about working alongside the great actor Brad Oscar. For context, Rob and Will had recently joined the show as replacements in the leading roles. Brad had been with the show from the beginning. And just so you understand what they're talking about, Brad's character, Nostradamus, has this huge production number in the middle of the first act called Musical. Musical, a musical, and nothing's as amazing as a musical. If you haven't seen the show, you might recognize it because they performed it on this last season's Tony Awards. Anyway, during the number, he looks into the future and sees glimpses of various 20th and 21st century musicals. I don't know why I can't get this bit of this conversation out of my head. I think it has something to do with the fact that my husband Steve made me watch a bunch of the Olympics when they were on recently, and my big takeaway from the games was the sportsmanship we saw. You know, the way the athletes really took care of each other. And there was something very sportsmanlike about the way Will and Rob talked about working with Brad. And it was also an excuse to end the episode with this great song. Drama with all of that drama and um, I wanted to talk to you guys about Brad Oscar because yeah, like Brad oh Oscar God. is just like the like the greatest yep. and he's so great in the show yep. and he's still there. You yep. know, there has been like a, like a, most of the principals have mm-hmm. changed over mm-hmm. but he's still there. Yeah. How is it? Is he like an anchor? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. He, as he joke jokingly says cuz he's not does he his first entrance is that I am Nostradamus, right? Yeah. He says that he does 10, 10 minutes of gay cardio, yes, which is musical. Is musical. And, then, and, then, home free. and then he's home free. He's yeah. in some more book scenes, but he I, he totally is. Every time I've ever done anything with him, I did an encore with him. Every time I've ever seen him on stage, there's something pleasing about, and like, oh, you yeah. breathe. Even if you're on stage with him or watching, there, and he's just funny. His yeah. timing is yeah. impeccable. impeccable. And he's a theater. He loves It's in his theater. Uh-huh. He also, like, when I came in to replace, that first night, I, I'm tr- I'm terrified, and then I get on stage and I go, oh, I'm with Brad Oscar. Like, I yeah, could forget yeah. everything, and Brad will fix this. Yeah. Like, yep. what you're, you've, you'll never feel more scared and more safe <laughs> yeah. than doing a scene with yeah. Brad. So yeah. when you get to do that song with him the first time, had, did you know him before that? No, we, we sort of had crossed paths socially through like award seasons and things like uh-huh. that. I had seen him in a million things. We did a couple workshops together, but I didn't know him personally. And, and he's, uh, he's so gracious in terms of, you know that he knows the ideal version of every single joke, yeah. and he leaves room for your opinion on it. Uh-huh. And he'll support whatever you want to try, and in fact, he'll make whatever you want to try better Yeah, um, by putting those two cents on it. Um, but you know that he he respects you as a comedian, and, and the back of his brain isn't going, you know how you should do this. <laughs> that he really does sort of respect everyone's process when everyone knows he's the funniest guy He's smart. He, I remember some of those lines, like, like musical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From day one of the workshop. Oh, yeah. When he opened his mouth, it was like, okay, well, that's, what, the, joke. that's, your, yeah. that's the joke, and you've got this job. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully they, they do it soon. But, I mean, some of those some of those moments are exact. I can remember sitting there at the workshop yeah. and and seeing his face do that, and you're like, <laughs> that's perfect. Bottle that and keep it. Yeah. Some musicals have no talking at all. No talking at all? That's right. There's no talking. All of the dialogue is sung in a very dramatic fashion. Um, really? Yes, really. There's no talking. There's no talking. 
being. And they often stay on one note for a very long time, so that when they change to a different note, you notice. BroadwayCon the Podcast is a partnership with BroadwayCon Media and Theatre Podcast Productions. Episodes are produced and edited by me, Patrick Hines. Just as a reminder, tickets to BroadwayCon 2017 are now on sale. You can find information and tickets at broadwaycon.com. If you'd like to hear the rest of my interview with Rob McClure and Will Chase, you can take a listen to my other podcast. It's called Theater People. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and any place else podcasts exist. We're taking the next week off for the holiday, but we'll be back in two weeks with Tony winner and one of my favorite humans, Laura Benanti, as well as Broadway Records' Robbie Roselle, who I also love. We'll be chatting about the cast recording of She Loves Me and cast albums in general. Until then, we ask you to remember this. If you get really pissed and will cut someone slack When they call the cast album a freaking soundtrack You're a fan, you're fantastic, you're part of the crew Broadway concert.